What's up, everybody? This is Clark Schmidt here, pitcher for the New York Yankees, and you are listening to the boys of 161st Street, the greatest Yankee podcast in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street episode. I don't know because these are out of order. We're recording them, but it's another roll call episode. This one's all about another than uh, number 59 now, Luke Boyd. Back to the boys of 161st Street, another roll call episode. We're just powering through these. Another episode with Andrew. I'm sure you guys heard we're putting out the Giancarlo Stan one first. So you, this is the second one with Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Um, good. So you said number 59 for Luke Voigt. I I was as like you could have given me a hundred guesses and maybe I would have gotten to number 59. I just totally don't know numbers anymore. Well, uh, I only I know used that to know, because he gave it away from to to Garrett Cole. No, I, I remember the whole story, but like it's at this point, like when I was younger, I could every number on the Yankees, I knew who the player was. Now I'm like, eh, I don't know what what does Gio Urshela wear. I uh, actually forgot that too. 20, but he's 29. 29. 29 I, I only know that because we just did his episode, and I made a little joke because it was <laughs> it's the same as his age. So bad, bad joke, but okay, there you go. <laughs> so like I know a couple of them, but like Gary Sanchez, 24. What's Aaron Judge wearing? What's Judge wearing this year? <laughs> uh, no, Adam Adovino zero. <laughs> take that with what you want. I mean, who? I'm. I don't even want to do a roll call episode for Adovino, but I guess we have to. But Murph, yeah, how you? We're doing? here to talk about Voight. Yeah, let's talk about Voight. All right, so home run champ. Home run champ. So we'll get into <laughs> that in a second. But it's just funny. Something that I noticed. Obviously, we did these last year. It's just funny where we've came, come <laughs> since. <laughs> the last time we did these because we were talking about a Ford versus Voight debate last year. And I, you were really into that. I was I, really I'll, I'll on honest, the Ford train, but so but, was Scott. He yeah. predicted Ford would take over Voight this year as a starting first baseman. As did I. And I, I get that was a little bit of a hot take, but I don't think I would change my opinion. Then with given, right. what was given your opinion based on? Was your opinion based on the fact that Ford is a left-handed bat? No, I, I don't really care about the lefty righty breakup. I just thought Ford has shown us flashes of being just a pure hitter. And, he has, and I, I don't think I don't think the offense, the defense is very different amongst the two of them. They're very average defenders. No, so they're I, they're both they're both. He was just for me. He was just an itch that I wanted to scratch. I wanted to see if he had something. You took a shot. Team. You took a shot. You wanted to be right. You were going to just like go on Twitter and brag about how you called that if that happened. But I would have <laughs> checked the tape and be like, oh yeah, I remember this. I put, I put yeah. a little flashback sound, put it in black and white. Like, oh, remember when this genius on this podcast said something? He's That's a good looking guy right there. But I, if I remember right though, it was more, it was less about Voight being bad and more about Ford being good. And then also when we were down at spring training before COVID in February, when he had lost all the weight and we were watching that game, we were all talking about how he looked lost. Like Voight didn't look like Voight. So we all thought he was going to have a terrible, without terrible season. Weight. What? Well, cause he, cause of without the weight. Yeah. He was like, we were talking about him being like, you know, CC Sabathia with when he lost the weight, he sucked when he lost the weight. So. By the way, did you guys watch the Sabathia documentary? Yeah. Very I don't good. have HBO. 
You don't have HBO? You don't have HBO. <laughs> it was good. Get a seven-day like free trial and then cancel it. Yeah, I should. Honestly. I've done <laughs> that twice good. already. Though. But uh, we, it, I'm sure you guys talked about this, but that whole weight loss thing now makes a lot more sense. Well, he hit more home runs, though. I'm talking about Sabathia. Like, he lost oh. all that weight. He was going through, like, really... He yeah. was going through addiction issues. Yeah, so no, I, I thought you were like, comparing to like the the performance no, no, no. to it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We just thought like, oh, back then we were like, oh, CC's trying to get healthier. It's like, no, no yeah. the dude's fucking pounding bottles of Hennessy. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's not having a time right now. So, but uh, I don't think Voight is an alcoholic. <laughs> no, I think Voight. <laughs> uh, I think he just, he just didn't healthy. he say he did keto? Did he? Is that how everybody's he lost doing the keto? I don't mm. know. There was the pictures of this, actually maybe a little bit of the reason why I was on the 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 forward train is that the picture of him doing yoga before last season he was doing yoga with like his yeah. girlfriend or something I was like okay good this is what the whole team needs to That's be doing yeah we all this is literally why so I was we like, said okay. that for the stand episode get out of the gym get on the yoga mat just stay limber so that was why I thought maybe he get because you always when I was a kid we always used to hear the stories of. Our coaches would tell us, of like, oh, Jeter does all this yoga, and that's how he could do those, like, prances and stuff. And we're like, okay. So, like, I don't know why that kind of, like, went out the window a little bit with the Yankees. They see, they're not doing yoga. But that's, that's why. Ford was a big yoga guy, and I was all for it. So it's just funny to reminisce and go back and see how wrong I was on that. I've also, I also said I have two extremely bad takes, and I think Murphy remembers what I'm talking about. I said – that Andujar would take Gio's job by the start of the playoffs. I'll wear yeah. that. <laughs> I'll wear I that think one. I agreed with you on that one, though. I forgot Miguel Andujar was on the Yankees. He also is not getting a roll call episode because he's been so bad. So that's just a little bit of uh, where he's gone. But again, I, I don't think I would have changed my opinion. It's just I think the the main thing to take away from this is that that's just – more power to the the recent seasons that these two players, Gio and Void, have had. Like, I they in our inner minds of Yankee fans and myself, they have now fully established themselves as the starters at their respective positions going into this year. And there's no debate about it. It's Voight and it's Gio at third base, and that that's why I don't take back what I said. I will say that I was wrong, but my opinion still stands in 2019. Cashman deserves a lot of credit and the whole department deserves credit for identifying Voight and identifying Urshela and, and getting them for basically nothing, bringing them in and having them be uh, really uh, like all-star level caliber contributors. Neither of them have made an all-star team, but they're contributing at all-star levels. My problem with Voight is not really Luke Voight. He's a he's producing and that's great. My problem is more about the Yankees. It's like they have too many Luke Voights on the team. And mm-hmm. it, it causes a problem for the lineup when you have seven guys who all walk a decent amount, but also strike out far too much. All they're trying to do is hit home runs. Like how many times did we see Luke Voigt up there just trying to hit a home run? I know he did it more than anyone this year, but it's like first and third one out. And there's Luke Voigt trying to hit the ball to the freaking moon. And he strikes out. It's like, eh, kind of wish someone just put bat on ball. It's not a it's not a knock on Luke Voigt specifically, as much as it is a knock on the Luke Voigt type, the all the three true outcomes type of player that the Yankees seem to just have filled their entire roster uh, roster with. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was honestly one of the I've I've been preaching this too as like I'm I really want to get away from the home runner bust and Luke Voigt is another one of those guys. Except I mean his batting average has been good, so I'm not gonna take that away from him, but the eye test tells you that he looks like he's swinging out of his shoes every time, like you said. And I mean, that was another reason and the thing that bothered me the most with Voigt, I was another reason why I went with the Ford before last season. I personally didn't really like Voigt. I thought he was punchable face, punchable face. The hard part. didn't. <laughs> he has really, a punchable face. The, I, I like said that from day part, one. Yeah. The hard part was a little bit much for me. It's just like, ah, maybe just, you know, faded. I don't know. That's <laughs> hair aside. I didn't, the thing I didn't like the most, and I'm sure a lot of Yankee fans will now notice this if you haven't already is when he has a strike down the middle and he does that thing. I said it last time, but I'll stand up and show you. He go, does the. <laughs> the butt scoot to get out of the way, but it's down the fucking middle. That so I've seen is upsetting to me. I've seen your clip on that. Yeah, and who, do you know who like the guy who was the poster child for doing that? Who? Derek he, Jeter. He had his hands all the way high. Like yeah, he, he would exaggerate it too. There'd be a pitch down that uh, on the outside corner, and Jeter would act like it brushed him back. Yeah, I it's, I still wouldn't like that from Jeter though. Like I. <laughs> I'm know. just saying, like I get it. I know. Let's I know. go to the OG on that move. That is Derek Jeter's move. That is not Luke Voigt's move. Luke Voigt has stolen that move from Derek Jeter. But like, and does it still that, doesn't does work? That work? Yeah, I was gonna say, does it work? I feel like <laughs> it doesn't do shit. No. I'll, I'll clip that. I'll put the the two side by side with myself next to it too. Who did? Although play? I gotta say, when I played, I was copying Jeter. I did the same thing, and I'm sure a lot <laughs> of people did. I did that in softball too. You just take what it drops on the plate, and it still go. Whoop. Scoot, still scoot, scoot out, out of the way. way but yeah so so we got Voigt who led the league in home runs we were talking about this before it's it's not a it's not the same cachet as if he leads the league in home runs in a normal year unfortunately for him it's kind of like dj with the batting title it's like he he won the batting title but it's a short season and it's it's so it's like he won the home run title but it's a short season so i kind of feel like it's forgettable yeah i think with the thing for me for last year is all of like the individual accolades. I, before the year even said that I, I don't count them. I personally don't, but like the world series I'll count for me. I don't know. I don't know if you guys do, but that's neither here nor there. I, I the personal accolades, I really don't think would count, but I, I think winning the home run title aside, this was just a huge step for Luke Voigt. And I mean, we were saying this before. Also, he led the league in home runs with 22 if that were projected over a full 162 by the numbers, assuming he would have stayed healthy for the whole time, which is a bad assumption, he would have had 66 home runs and a billion RBIs. But like you said, Andrew, he was nursing injuries with the foot stuff that, that Boone called it. He he probably would have gotten rest days. He wouldn't have made. Oh, definitely. Days. They, they had to play him every day last year and like credit to him. He played through the, the foot stuff because everyone else was out of the lineup. But they're gonna monitor. They're gonna manage that much more in a normal season. So he probably would have missed twenty five percent of the season with rest days in a normal year. So he doesn't sniff sixty six home runs. No, but I think if I were to set an over under for him this year, would you guys go over under on thirty nine home runs for Luke Voigt? That's funny. That's the one, the one in the back of my head was forty. That's a good over under. Thirty nine. It's a, a good we'll number. Call we'll call it thirty nine and a half. So you can either flip, go forty or less. I'll take the under, but it'll be close. 
Yeah, I my best guess would, is going to be like 36 home runs. You think? I think yeah. he's just shy. Do you think? I think he's a mid a mid 30s guy because like he will go through slumps in, in a longer season, which he didn't really slump in the 60 game season until uh, the playoffs. But yeah, um, bad playoffs. He uh, he. It's actually kind of funny. We just did Stanton. Uh, you know, you guys know Zips projections on yeah. on Fangraphs. Are those out they yet pre- for this year? What's up? Are they out for this year yet? I tried to look. For yeah. Them. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're almost identical for Stanton and Voigt. So Stanton's Zips projections are 123 games played, 250 batting average, a 132 WRC plus. Voigt's is 130 games played, a 270 batting average, and a 132 WRC plus. So they Zips is seeing Stanton and Voigt as the same offensive player, which is pretty amazing for Luke Voigt that yeah. he's he's in that category. Um, but like, if you're asking me as a as a person who's followed baseball, who like who's better? I'm saying Giancarlo Stanton, but but I don't know. Is am I wrong in saying that? Is that not the case anymore? I, it's tough to it? say just because Stanton hasn't played and you never know. You can't really project him to be that much better after he hasn't played in two years, essentially. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, Voigt led the league in home runs last year. So I think it makes a lot of sense whether that's going to be the case, whether they're going to be that similar this year. I kind of doubt it. I don't know. But so I feel like gun, to project them that way makes a little sense. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. One of, And I tell you, one of these two guys is leading the league in home runs in 2021, Stanton or Voigt. Gun to your head. You have Stanton. to pick, pick who it's going to be, or else you're getting that bullet. Stanton. You're saying Stanton, Murph? Yeah. 100%. I, I think, like we said, I think Stanton is actually worst thing to say, but he's due for it. I really think he's going to he's gonna do well. Uh, that's not to say that Voight isn't going to do well. And I think, honestly, for the over-under, I may take the over. And that's it's funny, the, the character arc of Luke Rella on the on the uh, Voight. Voight's fucked this year. <laughs> on the, you're, on, exactly. you're on the so, Voight train now. Now he's going to hit 12 home runs and get out for the whole year. But it's just interesting to see where I've swung on him. I'm now, he, he sold me. But I mean, can you blame me? He came over as some, who the hell is this guy from uh, St. Louis. Louis. Fantastic year with us. Great playoffs. He hits that triple where he pimped it, but he, he pimped the home <laughs> run and hit off the short porch, which... How do you pimp one that doesn't get out he of the short porch? He hit a 311-foot fly ball to right field. <laughs> but like, more power to him. He's a slow, slow guy, and he got a triple. I mean, the only way he could get a triple is like what happened. It hits off the wall and then rolls away. But, I mean. Do you remember Mark Teixeira's run, how it looked like he was like running in quicksand? Like he was like huffing and puffing like this? Like, <laughs> that's kind of how Luke Voigt runs. Just like oh, yeah. looks very heavy runner. Even like, though, even with all the weight loss, he, I don't think he gained a step of speed. Not a like, step. It's like not, that, not a step. still can't run. <laughs> that foot stuff is just like not getting better because you're slamming your heels into the ground every time you run. <laughs> he needs like extra padding in the heel of his cleat. Yeah, he needs those uh, those blades that Oscar Pistorius was running on. You think that? I don't. When did he have the kid? Because usually they get dad strength. Did, did that already happen, or is he going to get dad strength going into next year? I didn't even know he had a kid. You're going to have dad strength. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty I mean, soon. So maybe you'll hit over 39 home I'll, runs. I'll be able to, I'll be able to fill you guys in more on that. Once, once I can report back. All right. <laughs> well, to end this one off, where do you think he got, we were talking about this too. And it's just interesting that, cause I mean, first base is not a very, 
loaded position by any means. Where does where do you think he ranks among third base, a uh, first baseman? I mean, yeah, we were trying to figure that out and go through like the the uh, the rankings on uh, what did MLB have him at, Murph? They had him at three, um, below Goldschmidt and Freeman, and above Abreu and Muncie. Okay, I mean, Jose Abreu just he just won the MVP for the right. short season. I might put Jose Abreu above Voight, but like Voight's in the five to six or seven range. Like definitely like first base is not the loaded position that it used to be. Absolutely. Freddie Freeman. I'll take Freddie Freeman first. Like Freddie Freeman. He, he, and also he's an elite defender at first base. um, And Voight's not, but also like Matt Olson, who is not nearly as good of a offensive player as Voight has been but still pretty good is an elite defensive first baseman. So if you go by something like war, he's right up there with, with the tops in the league. Yeah. I was, I was going to talk about, I, th- I thought Matt Olson would be higher. I, I'm not looking at his offensive stats last year, but again, even if it's a bad year last year, he's still a great offensive player. I know it will be the show. He's got tons of power. So, <laughs> but yeah, Matt Olson is kind of one of these guys, the same as Voight walks 10% of the time strikes out, 28 percent of the time yeah he's just much better at playing defense yeah he's so he's so best. given the choice between those two players i probably would take matt olsen because he's going to give you like 85 percent of the offense but like 150 percent or 200 percent of the defense yeah that's a little bit like we were the conversation we were having about gary and other catchers in the league is like i know i i made a promise to the listeners that i would stop talking about gary until he bats over his body weight and <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. So what do you think Gary weighs? Because that's gonna be he's gotta get up to like two fifty then. That's fine. Like that's fair. Like I think two fifty is something he should be getting over. Two fifty is he's like never touched. He's two thirty. He, he got two thirty. My my point being the reason why I bring up he who shall not be named is that I, I think they're very similar in a sense of like I would prefer to be like, I agree with you in taking Olsen because I prefer to have the consistent defense and the, the, the guy who can flash on offense or at least get it done on offense. And cause I mean, defense, you don't go through as much streaks as you do. I mean, you see guys like labor who have errors in bunches and they kind of get in their own head, but usually defense translates throughout the whole season. Like, especially even a guy like Lindor who won a gold glove and had a down offensive year, like your defense always plays. So in First base is an underrated defensive position. I think it's a lot more important than people think. Like mm-hmm. Mark Teixeira's impact on the 2009 Yankees team was huge because he was an elite defensive first baseman. And that allowed them with Teixeira and Cano on the right side of the infield, allowed Jeter and A-Rod, who were sort of on the back end of their defensive careers, to have less defensive pressure on them. Uh, and like Mark Teixeira dug out a billion throws from A-Rod and Jeter out of the dirt. Yeah, and especially it's even that much more important with a guy like Glaber, like we're saying, who is struggling defensively, and you need someone who can pick it. And this isn't to say that Void is a bad defender. He's not a bad defender. I don't know if the the metrics eh. agree with me, but I'm sure the you... metrics don't agree with you. He's bad. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad defender. Then, so I don't know. But the eye test doesn't show that he's horrible. Maybe it's the eye test is so weird, and I know you guys do. Nerd test I know the eye test versus nerd test on defensive metrics is is like it's like trying to figure out figure out quantum physics because Girochella yeah, ranks mediocre on advanced metrics, but all the eye tests say he's he's great defender. Yeah. So I think you got to blend both of them. So so like if you're asking my opinion, I'd say Voigt is 
below average, but not terrible at first base defensively. Okay. And let me ask you one more question before we end this one. Over under games played at first base. One ten. So so you're thinking he's gonna get a lot of DH time? No. See that's you're gonna stick him in left? See that's what no okay. So (laughs) you're gonna pitch well, I'm also going to back up labor because... short. Like, where's where he? Where's he playing See, rover on the weekends? If, if Stanton wasn't the everyday DH, then he would get a lot of time at DH. But he's probably not going to. So let me update that at just at first base or just games played over under one twenty three and a half. Uh, I would hope it's the over. I mean, God, they need they need bodies to just get out there because you got to build in the judge injury. You got to build in the stand injury. Hicks is going to miss two months. Like. Yeah, yeah. I think if Someone's we're someone's got to get out there and play. I think if we're in a world where Ford, the better question is, I if we're in a world where Ford sees the field and sees like thirty or so games, and we're we're not where we want to be. I think that's a world I don't want to be watching the Yankees in because that means Voigt isn't doing well, and that's not. Well, see, here's the thing about the infield because now we have DJ back and signed. He's the starting second baseman. Glaber's third. Geo's. Um, third or glaber short geos uh third is that who's gonna like how's the rotation gonna work do you think like who's the who's the guy that moves around i still think it's dj who could see first base could see third base and then i I don't know i feel like at this point instead of ford see what anduhar can do at first base because why not like you're not gonna trade him and you're not gonna get anything for him at this point so like See if he can play first base a little bit. I uh, I don't like Andujar in left, so I'm I'm more willing to. I, I see. Am I? I've seen the plays that he's practicing at first base. He's just whiffed some, so I'm not so sold on him. Yeah, it's it's bad. He's he's terrible defensively. But that, don't you think he could figure out first base before he figures out? Left I feel field? like I'd rather see him play third and move Rochelle over to first at that point. Like I feel like oh, dude, the problem. Dude. I don't know. Like he's I don't so know. I can't trust him. Base, first, okay. At least he's the left side base. of the infield with Glaber Torres and Miguel. Yeah, that's, you make a good point there. They just bumped oh to left, it's a Swiss left cheese side over infield. There. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think that we go back to the Stanton conversation. I think the Stanton DHing every day hurts us in terms of like the the different the different layout, layouts or uh, positions they can do because like, there was never like a. Uh, lineup that was the same last year like or the year before combine the two it's just like there's always like dj was at first today and then you know uh even when dd was on the yankees too it was, he was at shortstop or like he got a day off and glaber went to shortstop it's like there's so many moving parts and i don't think we have that luxury anymore because a guy like void who i forgot this was the void episode because we just kind of went and talked <laughs> about everybody but you know whatever um he he doesn't have any luxury of being a DH. He's he's the main guy to me. If you were going to say one person who's impacted by the Stanton situation, it's it's Voight. Voight could use the benefit of being a DH every fourth day or so the most, and he's not going to get that. Do you think Voight gets... It's like I feel like Voight is a very loved Yan- uh, Yankee, even though he hasn't done a ton. Uh, he's only I, been here for a decent amount, a like good amount. two and a half years. I think he but gets the same love that Gio gets. I think we—I don't know if we talked about that already or it was before we got on, but I think they—they they, they're both winning 
over Yankees fans in the last two years because they really haven't done much wrong. And another thing that wins me over with Voight is that with all the people that get hurt on the Yankees, and you, we were both calling Stanton a little bit of a pussy sometimes, he has played through literally everything, like hernias. He wants to play, and he literally has to get pulled off the field, and that wins over Yankees fans without a doubt to me. Yeah, I thought he might be a trade candidate this offseason because he only makes four point seven million bucks, and he's been a top, potentially top five first baseman in baseball since two thousand eighteen. So I thought maybe they'd they'd see what they could get on the trade market for him. That just seems like a Cashman move, but uh, I don't know, first baseman I guess just don't get traded often. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I I was thinking at the time that it was gonna would have been a pretty good trade to see who he could have gotten, like especially for a starting pitcher or something. But when you think about it, he is a top three first baseman that's worth four million, and that's why he's such a good trade candidate. But he's also a good candidate to leave yeah. on your roster if you're only paying a top five first baseman four million. If you're paying somebody that's a top five at any position in baseball four million dollars, you want to keep him until you don't have until you can't pay him four million dollars anymore. But who who are the guys? So. Do you think the Yankees are going to try and stand to the luxury tax this year? I do personally. Um, so if means, anything, they'd be in that first year. So that means they got to offload some money because they're right up against it. Right. And so like, if you're going down the roster on who they could offload, it's, it kind of comes down to like maybe Voight, maybe Urshela, maybe Adam Adovino. Mm-hmm. Other than that, who are they going to offload salary wise? I think Adovino is the biggest candidate because what he's getting what like nine, nine. Eight, so you could get half him, of that off the books, nobody's right? Want him, You're not getting all of it off the books. Yeah. No, of course not. I don't know. I, I think nobody's going to want Adovino. But in terms of being a, like a trade candidate, I was fully on board with him being a trade candidate also because it, there was that point in the off season where they were talking about getting like Josh Bell, who would be a switch hitter, which for those who care would break up the lefty righty situation. I know Boone cares about that. So he was probably creaming his pants about that. So it's just like, that would have been that's cool. Why, that's why Brett Gardner bats third. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it clearly matters. So that would have been a big deal. It doesn't matter to me as a fan, but it does change the layout of the, the lineup every day. And I think Josh Bell, what we were saying this, and I I do love Voight, but it is a business after all, and I think it would have been a classic sell high situation on Voight and a buy low on Josh Bell because Josh Bell had a pretty pitiful year last. He's year. not even in that top. You 10 want some Josh Bell numbers? So Josh Bell, since the start of 2018, has a 116 WRC plus. He's produced 2.9 WAR. He walks 12% of the time and strikes out 20% of the time. Those numbers aren't bad, actually, when you compare them to a lot of the other guys on this list. He walks about the same and strikes out about 8% less than like Luke Voigt. Yeah, and that added benefit of being a switch hitter is just a, a big deal. He can take advantage of right field, the Yankee Stadium. And we when we looked at the numbers, too, we, we noticed, I mean, everybody remembers when Josh Bell lit the world on fire in the first half of uh, 2019, and then he kind of tapered off, and he hasn't really done much since the first half of 2019 in terms of, like, he was MVP numbers at that at that point. Yeah. So I think if you're getting a guy who can do that, I would I would have liked to see them buy low on him and then sell high on Void because, like, like everybody's been talking about, like, Bauer – top free agent this year because he came off a Cy Young year in a shortened season. Like, is he that player? Not really for his career. So it's just this year to me, 
I think the Yankees could have taken advantage of the phony, not phony, but like the the high, super high value that Voight may be at right now. Again, he's a first baseman, but like, it, it, was there a way to work out a trade with Pittsburgh that involved Musgrove and Bell for Voight and some prospects? Like, I don't know. Was it Musgrove or was it Jamison Tyon? Because I know they were talking about him as well. Well, I'm saying Musgrove went to San Diego, okay, so obviously they're they're looking to trade. They 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 traded him, so I'm just wondering, like, if Pittsburgh would have entertained that. I, I don't know. Maybe they don't want Luke Voigt because they're rebuilding and they're like, well, we don't need a 30 year old first baseman. We need prospects. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it would have worked out, but I think that would have been the re- another reason why I wanted it to happen was that if that happens, okay, now we have a first baseman, and now we use Voit to flip for a pitcher. That's why I was cool with it because you're getting a, com- a comparable player at first base, and then you can flip a high valued Voit at the time or higher value than he was for any type of pitcher. It may have been in that deal, like you were talking about, but who knows? That's why I was cool with it. But again, I'm not upset that Luke Voit's on the team. I'm very. I've changed my. My tone on him, he's he's a good player. Except Definitely you want to punch player. his face. I don't I think he could get a haircut. I think that's <laughs> if, if yeah, that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I, I had the hard part when I was thirteen. I, I those days are <laughs> those days are in the past. I think he could uh, use a new barber. But anyway, that would be this is actually a pretty long episode. A lot to talk about with Luke Voigt. One of the most exciting Yankees on the team right now, plays baseball, likes to hit home runs. As A-Rod would say, baseball. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya. You can call me Stacy. You can call me love. You can call me baby. And all of the above. You can call me late night. And I'll be at your door. You can call me anything or anything you want. Just don't call me yours. Her parents left last night for Palm Springs She's got the whole house empty for me My brother, he needed the car So I ran down 71st as fast as I can I'm telling her everything I had planned She said, I know we can get in close We can't get no closer You'll get it when you're older You can call me Stacy You can call me love you can call me baby, and all of the above. You can call me late night, and I'll be at your door. You can call me anything or anything you want. Just don't call me yours.